Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? Oh, I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor with you till 11 o'clock. Jesse Osmond along for the ride as well. We spent the whole first hour talking basketball. Lots of March Madness. Lots of NBA with the Blazers. But we are also an NFL show at heart. And the NFL went bonkers this week with free agents signing all over the place. And I'm going to start with the quarterbacks because that's the the best place to start, but there were so many signings and so many things to get to. We'll try to fit as much as we can in to the next couple of segments, but I do want to cut a good chunk of time out for the quarterbacks. All of the quarterbacks have gone to their teams. We now know exactly who is where. You've got Kirk Cousins going to the Vikings, three years on a $74 million deal that is fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. I'll repeat that because it doesn't happen in the NFL. Case Keenum, Goes to the Broncos. Sam Bradford goes to the Cardinals. Teddy Bridgewater goes to the Jets. A.J. McCarron goes to the Bills. I don't think I missed any. That's all the quarterbacks who have signed and all the teams that needed quarterbacks who have gotten their quarterback. So let's start with the obvious. Kirk Cousins to the Vikings. A fully guaranteed three-year deal for the best free agent quarterback on the market to the team that was very, very close to making it to the Super Bowl last year. If not, uh, well, they were basically down to the last quarter. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got... Last play. Well, wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to think. That was the missed... uh... No, no, no. They got blown out by the Eagles. Excuse me. Their defense did. But they also got in to that round barely on the Stephon Diggs Mm -hmm. missed tackle by the Saints. Yes. Okay. Remembering the playoffs correctly. They were one game away for making the Super Bowl, not one play away, even though they got blown out in that game. To me... It's a great signing. Kirk Cousins was the best free agent quarterback. Fully guaranteed deal is pretty crazy to me, but good for him for getting that, right? I think the NFL needs to go more in that direction for its players' sake. But all of the pressure is now on Kirk Cousins. They were one game away from the Super Bowl last year with Case Keenum as their quarterback. 
Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. So to me, it's Super Bowl or bust for him and the Vikings. Like that's insane pressure for your first year at a new team is Super Bowl or bust. So I'm very, very, very curious to see how that plays out with him finally going to a team that actually wants to try to win, unlike the Redskins, and if he can perform to that level. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does with the with the winning um, schedule next year because that's what the Vikings will have. <clears throat> They're going to have one of the toughest schedules in the league, and um, you're going to figure out exactly where you fit in. We're going to see exactly how good Kirk Cousins really is, and he should be. We expect him to be good. You know, he has a lot of toys to play with if you're in Minnesota right now. So I think a lot of people really expect him to be good. But you're absolutely right. That is a lot of pressure. But at the same time, I think everybody, the NFL is the one sport that everybody should be talking Super Bowl right now. I mean, there isn't a team around. I'm pretty sure the Browns are somewhere going with all the pieces we got. I'm just saying. I mean, you think the – do we think that the – that the Jaguars were sitting around last year talking about, man, this year is the year we're going to be in the AFC Championship. We don't, but they were. And I think every team around is already thinking that. So if you've already been to the NFC Championship, you know that you're just a, a playmaker away at the quarterback position to possibly doing more. And I like Case Keenum. I don't have a problem with Case Keenum. I think every quarterback in the, in the league isn't created equal, though. And you're right. Kirk Cousins is probably a better quarterback than Case Keenum. I think he was a little disrespected, though. He did get his team all the way to the NFC Championship, you know, but I digress. That's just that's just me. But I think Kirk Cousins to the Vikings is an awesome pickup. Uh, you get a great defense. You don't really have to worry about if they're going to come to play and if they're, they're going to be able to keep you in the game. Really, all you have to do is go out there and try to make plays to some of your electric receivers or, you know, maybe you're, you're really good running back and go from there. I, I think one of the things that's going to be in this corner is – one thing that we've seen in Washington while Kirk Cousins has been there is kind of a rotating door at the wide receiver position, you know, and he kind of started out with a couple nice cars in the garage and Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson, kind of one of those BMWs that kind of always breaks down and kind of a lemon BMW, right? Goes really fast sometimes, but half the time it's broken down and he moves on, trades it for some Kias and some mopeds and some Mazdas and, Finds out those really aren't all they're cracked up to be. Struggles, but still puts up the numbers last year. Um, I I think that's kind of going to help him as he comes in and he's going to find out that he's got a couple Ferraris in the garage now and Thielen and Diggs, um, toys that he's never had before. A guy that's going to come back, you would anticipate, and Dalvin Cook, that, that that's a running back that he's never had before. He's going to be able to do things that Chris Thompson was last year and probably more. You know, it, you're the the improvement there and his ability to go, oh, well, I've worked with different receivers my entire career. I should be able to come in and work in the, the chemistry pretty quickly because he's gone through that time and time again. I think that's going to help him. The one thing is, is he's going to have to overcome that. You've put up numbers, but you haven't put up numbers in the, the win column. And that's what he has to do in, in Minnesota. Now, this was a really interesting segment that Rob did, and I actually found the article about it because I want to bring it up. The question about whether or not he is good enough to lead a team to the Super Bowl is valid. You know, you're right. Jesse's right. He's never done it in the win column, right? But he's also never had anything really around him. The Redskins have had awful talent. This was in the Washington Post in January, and it was the simple, it was like the Joe Flacco elite thing. Is Kirk Cousins an elite quarterback? He used, the, the, the author of the article, he or she, used three different stats to help measure this. Quarterback rating was the first, right? Traditional stat. This year, or over the past three years, here are the top six quarterbacks in terms of quarterback rating. Tom Brady, 
Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. Top six in quarterback rating. The, another stat he used was touchdowns versus turnovers, and it includes rushing and passing touchdowns. Drew Brees, 97 to 40. Russell Wilson, 94 to 38. Cam Newton, 97 to 47. Kirk Cousins is fourth, 94 to 47. And the last stat was has something to do with your total plays, including avoiding sacks, being sacked, rushes, all that kind of stuff put together over the last three years. Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins. He is in that class in some of uh, almost all of the top quarterback rating metrics to look at quarterbacks in the top five or six. With that said, Kirk Cousins, Kirk now, Cousins is Kirk Cousins is a top. Like anybody who says Kirk Cousins is not, you know, doesn't really watch football. I think for me, I just don't like Kirk Cousins. But he, so I'm kind of like, but that but said, outside of that, think about it. He now has the talent around. Yes, him, right? absolutely. There's no reason Dalvin to believe. Cook comes back. They still have Latavius Murray. They did let McKinnon go, which I think was stupid, but they let McKinnon go. You've got Diggs and Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and one of the best defenses in football and a above average offensive line. Like he is in a, a guy who, with the Redskins, put up those kind of numbers. Mm -hmm. That's where the pressure is on. Yeah. Super Bowl or bust, and now you've got the talent around you to try to prove that you're an elite quarterback. Yeah. So I, I, it's gonna it's a lot of talent, and they've paid him like they expect him. To go out there and win the Super Bowl, uh, I mean, I think last year it was just set up perfectly for the Vikings with the Super Bowl being in Minnesota, uh, having an opportunity to play there, being all of four quarters away from, you know, really achieving that goal. So you were right, right. You were right there. So we'll see if they're able to respond. I know a lot of times now people are going to have that game is going to be highlighted for a lot of teams. Like, man, the Vikings are a team to play in the NFC Championship, so they're considered one of the top four teams at least in the league, at least ending the season last year. I think a lot of people have that game circled on their schedule. Like, we want to want to get our best shot. So we'll see what the season looks like for them. I want to see what happens with uh, A.J. McCarron. Um, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I want to see how he performs after being on the bench for four years in, in uh, where was he at? Cincinnati. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one, too. Um, all right, let's break. I want to stay on time. Look, we spent the entire segment talking about one quarterback. The chances of us getting to all the players I wanted to get to are very slim. I got I'm... a lot of free agency and hater to love it. Okay, good. I still want to talk about Case Keenum. I want to talk about your AJ McCarron point. I want to talk Sam Bradford, all of that. We'll talk about that next. Uh, sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Keeping an eye on the text line, 55305, P1J Money. Not a fan of Kirk Cousins. He thinks he's Tony Romo. That's a Tony that's Romo a really, really good. That's awesome, yeah. J Money. Yeah, Tony Romo was great, and if Tony Tony Romo had some talent around him, like uh, just saying, every every good receiver Tony Romo ever had was 
you know, just just happened to be Jason Witten and T.O. and uh, Des Bryant. Des Bryant has never been as successful as when he was with Tony Romo. Well, and he keeps bringing up the point about wins and losses. Well, we'll see with the Vikings. He's I'm not kidding. He's had no talent around him. The Redskins, who's he had around him? Who's been his best running back? Alfred Morris? Right. Jordan Reed's been his best receiver, and he's a tight end. Right? And Pierre Garçon's fine, but he's a number two. Deshaun Jackson was never healthy. Um, uh, I mean, his wide receiving core this year was a joke. Chris Thompson was your best running back. Like, uh, go down the list, and you're going, how did he put up 4,000 yeah. yards consecutively? And we also had an awful offensive line. And an awful owner. Yep. So there you go. All right. You asked the question about Adrian McCarron. You were very interested about him. I want to see. Um, to be honest, I just don't know. I have... I have no opinion on A.J. McCarron, and maybe that's bad to say, but I, everyone's like, oh, he, he's, he's going to be a good quarterback. Just give him a chance. And I'm like, how do you know? Because he played like three games for Andy Dalton and looked okay for the Bengals. Like, that's not a proof that he's going to be a good quarterback. Who's been a good quarterback on the Bills recently? <laughs> Tyrod Taylor was fine, but Bills fans hate Tyrod Taylor because <laughs> they call him Captain Checkdown. So I don't. I don't know if he's going to be any good. It, to me, it feels like the Bills fell behind in the quarterback race and went, well, we got to get somebody because we can't start Nathan Peterman. And then they, oh, by the way, traded down or, or missed their trade opportunity, excuse me, when the Jets traded to the third pick with the Colts yesterday, who the Bills were also talking to about trading up to the third pick to draft a quarterback. So sounds like they're going to either have to trade up even higher or they're going to be A.J. McCarron's team. I don't. I just don't. I don't trust it. That's I don't know. I. Uh, I don't think AJ McCarron is bad. I saw that game that he played against Pittsburgh in the playoffs with the hurt, um, Andy Dalton, and I remember Bengals fans calling for AJ McCarron to be the quarterback for the Bengals. Like I have a good friend of mine, and uh, he is a huge Bengals fan. Loves the Bengals. Say anything bad about his team, he's ready to fight or anything like that. But. He he was asking for AJ McCarron to be their quarterback. He had a few throws in, in that game against Pittsburgh, who had a pretty okay team. That was the big game where the the, the teams came on. They were fighting. The assistants were fighting. You remember that playoff game a couple of years ago? What last year? I think it was. Was it late last year or the year before? The year before. There you go. So, but in that game, man, he made some phenomenal throws for some big play, for some big touchdowns in between there. I, I'm not. I think he can do it. He can do it if he has some talent around him. I think that's the the one thing. Playing quarterback is tricky, uh, much like receiver, because it's the two two positions that are completely predicated on other people. So if you don't have a, a great wide receiver as a quarterback, you look incredibly average. If you don't have a great quarterback as a receiver, you're not going to get the ball to get your numbers. So it's like you you need these things to work out. So if he has a playmaker around him, which hopefully Buffalo is getting smart enough to start doing that. Buffalo hasn't been able to draft a playmaker, one, and two. Like, they got rid of Sammy Watkins, who finally was healthy enough to play for a full year, shipped him off. Um, granted, they got a second-round pick that apparently was just a, a rental for a year because Sammy Watkins left. Um, and, and now you, you went and got Kelvin Benjamin, who, as much as I like Kelvin Benjamin, he's not fast. And he's now coming off of, what, three of his four or five seasons, he's had major knee problems. So you're you're talking about a guy that has plays wide receiver position. He's big, which big people typically have. Once you have a knee problem, you never really get over those knee problems. It, 
Charles Clay's your number one receiver there outside of LaShawn McCoy. Like, your weapons there aren't very good. Charles Clay can't stay healthy either. Shady McCoy last year, like, was a weird year that he stayed healthy all year long. This is a a problem for A.J. McCarron and the fact that he doesn't have weapons. What, your number one receiver is supposed to be Zay Jones, who couldn't catch the ball last year? Like, uh, Buffalo, like, they just keep whiffing on all of these, these moves, and there's a reason why. They were out of the playoffs for 19 years, and I think the only reason they got in last year is because the AFC was so down. It was so down that the Buffalo Bills just backdoored their way in. And then they ran off the one quarterback that they had that's been any good for since basically Jim Kelly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. All right. The one I'm also most interested in for obvious reasons is Case Keenum to the Broncos. Um, I, I'm not in love with it. I'll tell you that. I I like Case Keenum in terms of what he did last year, but I don't trust Case Keenum based on one year. He has been a solidly average to below average quarterback for his entire career, whether it was with the Texans or the Rams or the Vikings. Although, yes, I mean, again, last year was very good. I, I don't want to take that away from him. It was a very good year. But personally, to me as a Broncos fan, this shows me that they weren't really in on Kirk Cousins. That they were tied over and over and over. Oh, they're the fourth. They're one of the four teams. One of the four teams. This shows to me that that John Elway didn't actually try to go after Kirk Cousins, which infuriates me because Kirk Cousins is clearly the best free agent quarterback on the market. And I know the money was a lot, but if you want to get a good quarterback, you got to pay a lot of money. And the Broncos' window is rapidly closing or if or if it's already closed with their defense because the money was getting up there the injuries were starting to pick up and you've already seen them release or get rid of two players in Aqib Talib and, and TJ Ward who are part of that elite defense why not try to milk it all for what's left with your Von Miller contract and your solid defensive line and when you still have both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders who are being rumored to both be cut by the way why not just try to get the last juice out of it with a guy like Kirk Cousins, who was taking a three-year deal, instead of going after a guy who's had one good season in his career? I'd Case Keenum was the second-best option, right? So I get it. It just made me mad as a Broncos fan because it just felt like they just didn't try to get Cousins. Well, True. I don't know if it was the thing about them not trying to get Cousins. I think Cousins went to the place that he felt like was the – the best option for him. Like, I think we all thought that, man, you go to Denver, you get those toys and everything to play with. But I think we kind of also didn't say, well, you go to Minnesota, you're playing in a dome. You know, all, you know, for the most part, whenever, whenever you're at home, you're in a dome. Uh, when you play against Detroit, you're in a dome. Um, when you play, only outside games you're going to have are when you go to Soldier Field and when you go to, uh, especially within your division, when you go to Soldier Field and when you go to Lambeau. That's, that's about it. Other than that, you're not playing, not competing with the elements like you were when you played for Washington. And I'm looking at that saying, that might have been a reason why you go. You've got two receivers that are younger, you know, and Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. You know, I'm Demarius Thomas, well, not older, but, you know, a little older right he now. Emmanuel Sanders, a little older. Not old guys, but, you know, they're, you know, entering their 30s or in their 30s at this point. You know, you're probably looking, looking around because Kirk Cousins is only, what, 28? 20, 20, 29. 29, you know, so 
again, a quarterback you can play much longer than than a receiver can. So I'm thinking he kind of looked at that and said, man, good defense already, pretty good coach, great weapons to play with, pretty good offensive line. They made it all the way to the NFC Championship with a quarterback that was less than what I am. I think I'll do that. I, I mean, it makes sense. For, for business, it makes sense. I'm going to hold my judgment on whether I like the signing until after the draft. I want to see what they do in the draft because um, I do think it allows them to do other things because I think that this is – as much as people are ragging on the depth of the quarterbacks all of a sudden, maybe this isn't as great of a draft as we thought. No, I, this is so deep in quarterback talent, it's not even funny. And it gives you a, a two-year window to take a guy that maybe isn't a Josh Allen, a Baker Mayfield, or Josh Rose and Sam Darnold, maybe more of a Rudolph, a, um, a Lamar Jackson or something like that a little bit later, and develop some more needs. So I... I mean, if they do something, if the Broncos uh, maybe make a move, like I could see them trading that fifth pick to Buffalo for the ninth and the 20, I think, I can't remember if it's the 20th or the 21st they have left, but you can get two first rounders out of that. All of a sudden you get uh, a really good offensive lineman with that ninth overall pick, and you can get a guy like Lamar Jackson or Mason Rudolph with that um, 21st pick, and then you know that you're not going to have to rush them out there, and you have a bevy of young guys now and Chad Kelly, Lynch and whoever it is that you take late there um, to kind of develop behind Case Keenum. And yeah, if Case Keenum works out, then great. And if he doesn't, it is a contract that you can get rid of. Doesn't him. that argument make you sad just making it, though? That their quarterback options, if that is what happens, would be Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch, Chad Kelly, and Mason Rudolph. That is a amalgamation of average to me. What is this? Chad Kelly, baby. Is he a rapper? This is his rap song, buddy. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting into all American. Did he say right. that first? Swag. Swag Kelly, I baby. It was swag when you said, you said swag. I was like, yeah. what is this? Swag Kelly. All right. So, so no. Um, oh God. The more I thought, <laughs> the more I think ride, about homie. it. Okay. It, do do you want this? The more I've been thinking about this a lot because you know how much I love Kirk Cousins. I like myself some Baker Mayfield. Like, I've been like, Baker Mayfield, come on, come on, come on. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, we kind of have last year's Baker Mayfield and Chad Kelly. Like, off-field problems, but still on-field success. Had had a lot of success against good teams like Auburn. Fell because of off-field problems. Had a major injury, so he went into the seventh round, but still tons of talent. Like, I'm like, yeah, all right, he's a prospect. Lynch, I'm not happy about. I, I have written him off. But I am in the Lamar Jackson train. I think he is a guy that can be special, especially if you give him a year to adapt to playing a pocket game in the NFL, learning the speed and everything. Um, I think he is a guy that could be special. So as much as I want the guy like uh, Baker Mayfield, um, a Josh Allen, a Josh Rosen, um, a Kirk Cousins, I can understand. I wanted Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, yes, but... But, I mean, he wasn't coming here for for the same deal that you gave Minnesota. He turned down $6 million more in a $30, uh, you know, $30 million a year contract. How much would it cost to get him to come to Denver? There's it would a have had to be a fully to guaranteed deal because that's what Minnesota offered. Fully him. guaranteed, and it would have had to be more than $90 million. Yeah. I just— You're willing to pay more than $30 million for a quarterback? Well, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is— I never thought that we would see a team like Denver, who's had a history of really elite quarterbacks, but also some middling quarterbacks, go back to being just middling. Because it's funny, if you actually look at, since Elway, 
it was kind of like a not the best quarterback situation. Now, of course, you, you did have the beginning of Jay Cutler, which was exciting but inconsistent. You had four years of Jake Plummer, which was, well, Jake Plummer, either six interceptions or six touchdowns, really inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the Tim Tebow years, and you had the Kyle Orton years. Many people forget Kyle Orton was the starting quarterback for a couple of years. It it leads to a lot of average teams, and it, John Elway was selling himself as like this quarterback whisperer, and he goes and he gets Peyton Manning, which hides a lot of the problems, but what has he done since then? I'm starting to lose trust. Well, I, so, I, I mean, one, let's let's face it. You got way more out of Trevor Simeon than you ever thought you would get out of a seventh-round pick. So it, you did get more out of that. Lynch was a big whiff, and I think that was something out of out of need. Um, and I think Brock was a big whiff because you did spend a second-round pick, and he was supposed to be the heir apparent to, to Manning. But um, he has done a lot of things, and one thing that – that he is doing that some GMs don't do is he is looking at the big picture of this is also a business of how I'm going to spend money. If I spend $30 million on a quarterback and I'm spending $26 million on a linebacker, my team is destroyed. It's destroyed. It, yeah. And then you, and then you're having to get rid of all of these guys. Like you're not just getting rid of a keep to leave. You're getting rid of guys like CJ Anderson, Derek Wolf, and your entire team is destroyed. Yeah. I, don't know, I just don't like it coming up. Uh, well, ones we didn't get to. Bradford went to the Cardinals for 20 mil, one year. It's a prove-it deal. It's way too much for a prove-it deal for a guy like Sam Bradford. I guarantee you he gets hurt again. <laughs> the Cardinals quarterbacks get hurt all the time. And Sam Bradford gets hurt when you, you know, tap on, on the shoulder. Yeah. Um, and then Teddy Bridgewater goes to the Jets, but they also kept Josh McCown for a year, and they traded up to the three picks. So they're going with the three quarterbacks and see what happens situation because I guarantee you're the, the drafting a quarterback with a three pick. Um, and that was it. Those are all the quarterbacks who signed. A couple of smaller level guys, like backups moved around and stuff, but those were all the big teams that needed quarterbacks. And uh, I think the Vikings, obviously, were the winners getting Kirk Cousins. Coming up next, hate it or love it, but first, Jesse S. Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, that music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. It is a competition. We are awarded points by Jesse for our answers. And then the winner gets to host the last segment. So, Jesse, go ahead and get us started. You know, free agency just made the NFL draft so intriguing because you're like, oh, okay, uh, the Browns traded for Tyrod Taylor. They're going to they're gonna take Saquon Barkley. And then they signed Carlos Hyde. And then you're like, huh, hmm. what are they going to do? They have two two picks in the top four. We have no idea what they're going to do. They're, that, I'm so intrigued by the draft. So, um with that said, we never talked about any of the running backs that kind of did the Merrill go round. We saw Jarek McKinnon go and sign a $30 million year in San Francisco. Deion Lewis signed a four-year $20 million deal in Tennessee. Um, I believe it's a three-year $15 million deal for Carlos Hyde in um, Cleveland. Do you know Carlos Hyde has not rushed for 1,000 yards in any of his seasons? Makes sense because he gets injured every year. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He's always injured, but a stellar running back when he's healthy. Um, with that said, one of the running backs that um, changed positions, like was like what I said, is Dion Lewis, <laughs> um, who went to the Titans. And I think we all anticipated it to be 
Derrick Henry's team after they released DeMarco Murray, yet they sign Deion Lewis to a four-year, $20 million deal. Love or hate? This just shows the Titans don't believe Derrick Henry is a true work, workhorse running back. Uh, I won last week, right? So yeah. Um, wow. I, I, I love it. Um, Derrick Henry threw... His first couple seasons here in Tennessee, he's just really been uh, sharing the load along with DeMarco Murray. Uh, and in ways, it's kind of worked. We've seen the Titans become kind of a um, offensively a, a much better team than they have been. But at the same time, I'm not sure if Derrick Henry gives you everything that uh, a DeMarco Murray gave you, which is why they split so many carries all the time. Um, who are they talking about drafting? What's the Saquon part? Who was it? Um... I don't know who the Titans are going to be able to draft, but it's definitely not Barkley. No, probably, definitely, they, probably they'd probably not be able to get a guy like Chubb or something. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he's the workhorse that we all thought he was. I think you look at his size and his athleticism and his, you know, his br- brute strength that he has, and you you imagine he could be that guy, but then you see he doesn't really have it laterally the way you thought he would in college. So, I mean, maybe he can still grow into that guy, maybe with the right offensive line, maybe the right offensive coordinator. He can still be an every down back or at least, uh, you know, one to three down back. But at this point, I just don't know if I've seen enough from him. And like again, like I said, maybe it's just a matter of not having the right leadership in place to get the, get the most out of him. But for now, judging off what I've seen, I don't know if he has what it takes to be an every down back. I hate it because this doesn't mean that they're going to take things away from Derrick Henry. It just means that they now have two different styles of running back. Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray together were a little bit too similar. Now, Murray was better at catching passes, of course, but they were both kind of big, bruising running backs who who needed kind of a slow, plodding offense to work. That is not what Deion Lewis needs. So you'll have both styles, which has been kind of the new thing in the NFL, is running back by committee, one guy who can catch passes and is quick, one guy who can be the bruiser for first and second downs. And that's exactly what I think the Titans are going for here. Marcus Mariota so desperately needed a fast quick running back to throw the ball to who could play option plays with him effectively and as well as run mm-hmm. out of the backfield and that's exactly what Deion Lewis is I think this helps a lot but I don't think it takes anything away from Derrick Henry who I think is primed to become a I don't know about a leader top tier but solid starting running back in the NFL now that he's going to be given the first and second down carries so I hate that they're they're taking it away from him they're just giving more weapons to Mario all right um Wide receivers also have been doing some moving around. Dude, as the well. wide receivers. I, I have never seen so much money given to below average receivers in my life. Yeah, man. Dudes are getting paid, fam. Yeah, Watkins getting a lot of money for a one year prove it deal. Um, Paul Richardson, four years, 50 mil. Are yeah, you he hasn't me? even done anything. What? I know. Like, Denver was talking about, like, they were talking about, hey, let's try and get Richardson. Not for that cash. Like, are you, you see just, the, Ryan, the Ryan Grant snafu where they were going to sign him? And Ryan then, Grant, who? Yeah. For four years and like 25 mil. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But poor. Get but your money, bro. Baltimore saved by a bum ankle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, the, uh, Danny Amendola. In fact, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Danny Danny Amendola right now. He he got a good deal uh, down in Miami. Left New England for Miami. Good gonna, riddance, Danny. Gonna get the the sunny 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 South Beach um, sun. Hope and, it rains. 
it's not going to be snowing down there. Well, I hope it rains all the time. <laughs> it's not. It's not going to. Sure. He's, he's going to be playing in the sun with his uh, Pro Bowl rings. Oil, man. He's got multiple rings, right? Multiple rings? Yeah, I think yeah. So. he's got two. He's yeah, got right. two. Yeah. So he's got two rings going down to Miami, living the life. Um, and Miami traded Jarvis Landry for like a bag of salt. Like, literally, basically gave him away. He had another year on his rookie deal. Love or hate, Miami will regret trading Landry and signing Amendola to a, a pretty decent-sized deal. Love. Um, I love Am- Danny Amendola, which is why I'm so salty about it now. Is because he is one of the best receivers coming underneath that you'll find in all the NFL. He's also really good about stretching the field. I think a lot of times, Brady, you, you give a lot of credit to what Julian Edelman and what uh, Rob Gronkowski was able to do with Tom Brady. Man, Danny Amendola was able to make every catch, was able to play uh, to play every position that the receiver, he would, he would play inside. He could also go out there and play the number one and beat whatever corner was in front of him. Um, but having a guy like Jarvis Landry is electric. He gives he gets you he can get you 65 yards just like that and you every team needs a guy that they can throw it out there for. I think the Patriots thought it would be um, Brandon Cooks and in a lot of ways it really was Brandon Cooks for them this year and I think that kind of took away from what Danny Amendola was able to do, especially as you talk about a Julian Edelman coming back the next season. What that does to Amendola's looks all of a sudden now, but him going to Miami. He's going to be the one that people are going to be looking at, taking a lot of the, you know, getting a lot of attention uh, at the receiver position. So I don't know if he's going to have as effective as a, of a season, just because he's going to be the number one target. But I think the I think the Dolphins kind of shot themselves in the foot, and especially you just mentioned they gave up Landry for nothing, basically. You didn't get anything even comparable to uh, back for him, except for uh, was it like a draft pick or something like that? Fifth round pick, I think. Fifth round pick that probably won't make your roster, you know, for an all, possibly borderline all pro wide receiver. So I think it's really going to come back to bite the Dolphins. It's just another reason the Patriots are going to dominate the AFC again. Well, it's tough because Landry wanted out, so the Dolphins kind of had to get rid of him and try to get something back for him. But I do love the hater love because replacing him with Danny Amendola to me just doesn't make much sense. Jarvis Landry led the league in receptions last year and is just a machine. He's so underrated as a wide receiver. Losing him for nothing and bringing in Danny Amendola, who is very good in his own right, but is getting older, has a injury issue in his career where he gets hurt all the time. Um, And you're going to go ahead and trust Devontae Parker to blow up which hasn't happened yet, even though you thought it's going to happen for three years, or a guy like Kenny Stills to keep producing on deep throws only. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I don't think that's that's enough to trust to think that Danny Amendola will be the savior like Jarvis Landry was for them last mm-hmm. year. Now you do have Ryan Tannehill coming back. He should be a more consistent quarterback than they've had in recent uh, last year, at least when he got hurt. Really, he's been hurt a lot, but. Um, I just don't think Danny Amendola is the answer. I think there was a myriad of other receivers out there this year that could have filled that role more effectively and not the guys who got paid $50 million. I mean, I'm talking about the guys who were out there like Marquise Lee, who re-signed with the Jaguars, or you mentioned Sammy Watkins. There's other guys out there as well that you could have done instead of Danny Amendola. Amendola felt like a cheap option. I just don't think that's going to be enough to, to save what you're going to lose Absolutely in uh, Landry's production. All right. Going into the final round, Lynch has a one-point edge. Ugh. Okay, okay. Um, let's talk about the AFC West. The them Raiders. Raiders under John Gruden. They let Michael Crabtree go. 
They gave a bunch of money to Jordy Nelson and signed Doug Martin. That's been their free agency so far. Love or hate? The Raiders will finish in the basement of the AFC West. Oh, shoot. Hate. Um, I don't know how good Kansas City is going to look without Alex Smith, and we know that uh, um, who's our, Patrick Mahomes is due to take the take the helm there. We're not sure how great they're going to be. Um, we all know the Chiefs can be up and down, back and forth, so there's some inconsistency there. Uh, we're not sure how good the Broncos are going to be with the addition of Case Keenum as uh, their quarterback. Is that defense going to be able to kind of maintain after losing guys like Tlaib, you know what I'm saying, in their secondary? Uh, so that's kind of a, a toss-up there. Um, the Chargers are just the Chargers. Like, you never know what you could get. Last year, they were the best bad team in the league, just losing every game by, like, one point, last play type stuff. So they were finally healthy, but they just couldn't figure out how to put it together. I'm thinking maybe next year is a little bit different for them uh, because it will will be their second year playing in L.A. It will be their second year playing uh, on their home field there. So I think they might be a little more comfortable with that. But I look at the Raiders right now, and as, as, as an offense, I I think it's safe to say they probably have the best one in the AFC West right now, maybe. Uh, you st- I think you have the best quarterback in the AFC West for sure in Derek Carr. Uh, Phil, I love Phillip Philip Rivers, but, you know, he it doesn't always equate to wins uh, for Rivers. Last year, I think there was a lot that happened with the Raiders, and they just kind of fell off. Amari Cooper forgot how to catch the ball all of a sudden. Uh, Beast mode going there didn't really work out the way everybody thought it would, but I'm not sure what people thought they would expect from Beast mode this year. Uh, I expect the Raiders to at least be within the top two of their division. I, uh, for them to be worst again, I would, wouldn't expect that. I hate it as well because I think it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going full rebuild mode and I like Mahomes. I think he looked good when he came in in the Week 17 game, and they're, they're raving about him down there. But I saw a stat that they have basically gotten rid of everybody over a certain age to where their average age on the team now is like 25, and they have no player over 30. The Chiefs are going full rebuild, or at least they're trying to quick rebuild, and I think that might mean a last-place finish in the division. That doesn't mean they're going to be bad because the division – Tends to always have a lot of seven, eight, nine win teams, so it could just be a big mush in the middle. But I, I agree with Rashad saying the Broncos, I don't know, man. I don't know how they're going to look with Case Keenum. I don't know how they're going to, if he gets hurt or doesn't perform, I don't know how they're going to look with their backup quarterbacks. Their running back position is kind of a joke right now. Their offensive line is kind of a joke right now. It's, they, they need to build in the draft. The Chargers should be better. I think Phillip Rivers is the best quarterback in the division over, over Derek Carr. The Chargers should be better. I think right now the Chargers are probably the favorite in the AFC West, um, but the Raiders will be right behind them, I think, because adding Jordy Nelson is big, even though he hasn't been healthy a lot recently. I mean, that's going to help a lot. Adding Doug Martin, giving him a new chance at life, a new team to start with is going to be super helpful. I think he'll be better than Marshawn Lynch was last year for them. And their defense is still solid, especially with Khalil Mack. Don't forget, one of the most underrated defenders in the NFL. I think they'll finish in second in the division and this year. Not to get any more points, but I mean, I think Jordy Nelson going to an AFC team, he's not going to have to face all those great defenses, you know, every single week. You know, your AFC is known for great offenses and great quarterbacks and things like that. The NFC is known for just, man, stubborn defense, and he won't have to really face a whole lot of those anymore. So you think Jordy Nelson's going to be an upgrade over Crabtree? Mm. I do. I do. Why? Crabtree had a hell of a year last year. I, I just don't think Jordy Nelson's done. I think Jordy Nelson not injured is one of the best receivers in football. And some of that might have been Aaron Rodgers, but I'm I'm willing to be proven wrong about that because I don't think it was. I think most of it was Aaron Rodgers. 
I, I wish we could do like one of those little sandwich board bets and remember it because I what I think about um I most of my memories of Jordy Nelson getting a touchdown are Aaron Rodgers making a play with this feet and finding Jordan Jordy Nelson after the play broke down. I, I don't I don't see him being one of those receivers very often the guy that you get the ball out really quick within the three seconds of the snap and he does the rest. So that's what I worry about where Crabtree Crabtree's been their most legit receiver the last two years and probably the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. With that said, Rashad. Yay. Get the W. Hooray. Back on top. Back in the winner's circle. Well, Woo. enjoy. You get to host the last segment. <laughs> That's next. Sports. Bye. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. And I'll do all I must, guys, to get these W's. 1053, 1080 The Fan. That music means I got the W today. Lynch got it last week, so now we're going to look like we might trade, be trading. We've done that a little bit recently. We've been trading pretty evenly one week to one week. Yeah, so I'll definitely take it today. Is conspiracy theory that Jesse's just allowing us to win every other week and just... I, I think there might be a little bit. I was like, oh, he won two okay. weeks in a row. I'm going to give it to Rashad's day. You know? <laughs> I don't ever remember who wins week to week. I just care who makes the best points. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of inconsistencies on our show. Like, we were supposed to, like, keep track of, like, fantasy uh, mm. fantasy picks. We were supposed to supposed to have somebody text in and change our song, like, for, for the intro and stuff. We just dropped the ball, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I feel like we... Look, it's Sunday morning. We're tired. I guess, man. You forgot. You see, you saw how my morning went, so... I, I learned mean... it from listening to primetime. <clears throat> yeah. I learned it from you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> all I know is I'm going to have a lot of pissed off people here in a little bit because I'm pretty sure there's some text messages and emails that I'm missing at the moment. Mm. So, yeah. Ah, because your phone is still at home. Exactly. So... Yeah, well, I... Uh, I'm like... A, Excited for the show to end because I got to run home because Syracuse starts in like 20 minutes. <laughs> How far do you live from here? Like 20 minutes. No, okay. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, I guess probably about 25 minutes, somewhere around there. So I was hauling ass this morning to try to get here on time. Well, that's the thing is you left at a normal time and then it was like, well, man, life happened. Why did you feel your tire? You could have waited. That's like something you could have waited. I don't think do. I could have waited, bro. Really? It I don't think I could have. Because it would have been one of those things like as I left the show today. I'd have had a flat tire mm-hmm. and had no way, and I'd have been limping to the nearest anywhere to get a tire. It was a that low, huh? It was pretty low. And it was low? the new tire? It was It was a new tire, so I'm not sure if there was maybe a nail in it or something yeah, like that right probably. now. I'm hoping not, but I don't want to pay for another tire. Well, you don't have to. Go Les Schwab, they'll patch it for free. There you go. That or it's the, the stem that you fill. That's what they put the, put the air in. Yeah, it could those, very well be. Those are a really big culprit. They leak, and they fix those yeah, for free. So I'm hoping it's just the... You know, I just have a little patch that needs to, to go on, and I can kind of keep it moving. I don't really have any plans today. I'll be real. Right like, listen to our Les Schwab Tires podcast. At ah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Working on that right now. Shout yeah. out to Les Schwab and Les Schwab Tires podcast every Sunday right Look after the show. You can listen to it all week in case you missed it here. I think you can listen to last week. You can too. listen to any. Yeah. You can go into, we have our own little folder on demand on the website. You can listen to all of our shows. Yes, we're, we're big time now. Or at, least, at least Lynch is. I'm just along for the ride. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're, you're part of the show too, dude. 
I don't know. So I met a guy the other day. I met a guy. My, my water heater broke, and um, he saw on the, the order sheet, my name was Rashad Taylor, and he was like, hey, are you the same guy from the radio? And I was like, yeah. Very first question. Is, is Mike Lynch really that tall? Is, really, is he really that big? I was like, I'm, thank you for listening, sir. But uh, yes, he is. He is that big. He's a, he's a big guy. He doesn't sound like he's big. It's like, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a big guy. What is, what? Yeah. Some people think that you sound like a little guy. <laughs> Great. You know, so. And so I good think for my confidence. You say that you used to be a fat kid. You never say you used to be a tall fat kid. That's I feel like it's a given. I don't know. No, not really. No. I've been tall my whole life, so I, I don't know. That's all right. It, he, the Rashad lets me know everybody that asks about me is like, is he the biggest geek in the world? No. The, and then you meet <laughs> Jesse, and like all my friends that have met you was like, he's nothing like what I was expecting. Jesse's huge. It's like, yeah, man. Jesse's got, man, shoulders and abs and stuff. He does water polo. It's different. Mm. Just saying. Paint the picture for the ladies out there. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much reaction to that. All right. That's it for today. We'll be back next week. More basketball will be in the Elite Eight on Sunday next week. So we'll have more March Madness. Blazers will have won five more games by then probably and be on a 17-game winning streak. And uh, probably more NFL news as well. We'll get to all that plus more. Have a very good rest of your Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.